Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's going on, Broncos country? Welcome back here to a brand new episode of the show. Happy Friday to all of you all across Broncos country. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, senior NFL analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com and Denver Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Friday as always. Always appreciate our conversations every single week. Today's episode of the podcast, folks, we're going to actually throw an interesting question out there because I wanted to really gauge on it. I'm going through right now, once again, I'm on the All-22. I'm going through week by week by week. I'm looking at players that stood out. I'm looking at where things went wrong and how close Denver was in a variety of these games. Now, obviously, the total record is not what is satisfactory, but a lot of people are looking at the Broncos as kind of a bottom-of-the-barrel team that isn't going to win. They're going to be bottom-of-the-barrel for quite some time, and I want to throw some counter-arguments out based on what I've seen so far in the regular season altogether. So some collective thoughts as to whether or not are the Broncos rebuilding or are they just building? I mean, there, I think there's a real legitimate question as to how we answer that and some of the moves that happened this offseason, I think are going to throw that into uh, fruition there. But also one of the things too I want to talk about is we're going to be joined a little bit later on in the podcast by my good friend, Ross Jackson. He co-hosts with me Locked On NFL Sunday Live, one of the biggest live Sunday morning video shows we do here, Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to check us out next weekend as we we preview the Super Bowl, folks. It's going to be fun and looking forward to your comments and your interactions as well. But Ross is going to talk to me today about some of the prospects that he has seen that have stood out to him in Mobile, Alabama, as the Senior Bowl is getting ready to wrap up. Obviously, the game is tomorrow. We're going to see some of these prospects, some potential under-the-radar candidates, maybe for Denver. Wide receiver, defense, linebacker, edge, rusher, cornerback. There's a variety of players that nine Broncos scouts will have their eyes on, obviously, when the game is played tomorrow. So with that said, folks, Let's get into the action on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Uh, my good friends with their predominantly orange, they put out an article that asked, are the Broncos no longer a rebuilding team? And I think this is interesting because how do we define rebuilding? How do we define a team that is built their way back, right? Denver's obviously not built back just yet, but what are they in terms of being a rebuilding team? Obviously, Broncos general manager George Payton has said that he believes that this team is a sleeping giant. And after he made some of those comments, I've really thought about it as I've went back and I've watched these games, the All-22, watching the defensive side of the ball, watching the offense. And I tell you what, folks, you get a lot out of re-watching the game field multiple times rather than watching the broadcast angle. And to me, I don't know if the Broncos are a rebuilding team. I feel like they are a building team. Rebuild means that you're scrapping everything and you're starting brand new. I don't believe that Denver is rebuilding anything. I, I I just don't think that by definition, that's what the Broncos look like. They don't look like a rebuilding team. They look like a young football team that is trying to build something, right? And obviously, there are some questions. Quarterback is a question right now going into the offseason. I mean, it's the debate that we're going to hear on Broncos Twitter, Broncos Facebook groups about Drew Locke, whether or not he is the guy. Now, there's an interesting point out there because a lot of people you know, I, that I've interacted with, there's a lot of things being thrown out there that Drew Drew Locke isn't the guy, but here's the deal, folks. I don't think we have seen enough. I don't think we can rightfully say that he is 
the guy or that he isn't the guy right now. And that's something I've talked about here. But obviously, the trade market for some quarterbacks, teams that have question marks at quarterbacks, is starting to increase after Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade. I don't expect Denver to be in. I mean, like I said, I think they're going to pick the phone up and call and say, hey, what would it take to potentially get Deshaun Watson here? They're going to say, well, it's going to take this, 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 and this. And Denver's going to say, all right, thank you. Yeah, you know, we're, obviously, that's something we're not going to be looking at doing at this time. It's going to cost too much for Denver to do that. Matthew Stafford, there's some rumors heating up about him to San Francisco where, look, I don't see how he's going to roll out right and, and run that San Francisco offense down there. He's not that type of quarterback, but, you know, Rich Scangerello is back there in uh, San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, so we'll see how how all that goes. But for Denver, I, I don't think that they're rebuilding. The reason I say that is when I go back and I watch the film and I look at the scores, I look at some of the outcomes of these games, how many missed opportunities could we say collectively sitting here together on this podcast? How many times can we say that Denver missed out in almost every game? I mean, every game that they lost, they missed out outside of the, the first Chiefs game, outside of the Buffalo Bills game, and that first Raiders game outside of that first half, I mean, where it was really neck and neck, the second half got away from Denver, and the Saints game, something beyond their control. How many times do we sit here and say, look, Denver just, they, you know, they missed out on a couple of opportunities. If, you know, Brandon McManus makes a field goal here, or the Broncos convert in the red zone here, if the Broncos don't turn the ball over on this promising drive, maybe they come away with a win. But when you look at it, Denver lost a total of six games in 2020 by seven points or less. That's one possession, folks. And there were multiple times, and, and I've seen it, and it's been frustrating to watch. But then I put myself in the shoes of, of being a coach and being someone who's been on the football admin side of things. It's a it's a young team. It's the growing pains. It's exactly what you're dealing with with a young team. Now, that's not to excuse turnovers. That's not to excuse some of these costly mistakes that Denver did make. Denver had a combination of young players making mistakes. They had a combination of coaches making mistakes and, and crunch time moments. You know, you're affected by drops. But to think that Denver lost six of their 11 games lost altogether by one possession or less, that has to give you some hope and promise, folks. And, and look, I get it. You're going to say, well, there's no moral victories. This isn't a moral victory standpoint, ladies and gentlemen. This is an actual football observation. Denver, if they can achieve or execute or make a better play on defense or capitalize on a turnover or you know these different possessions where they had opportunities to score, it's a completely different game. Now, in my opinion, Denver, they should have beaten the Chargers in Week 16. They should have beaten the Raiders in Week 17. They blew those games, essentially. It's unfortunate there. Denver had a legitimate chance of going on the road against Kansas City and beating them in that matchup. And when I go to that Raiders game, that first matchup, Denver, if they score right before half, they have that momentum. Instead, they don't do it. There's a turnover. The Raiders get the ball back, and all of a sudden, there goes the momentum there. Then you find yourself down in a hole on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. You come back a little bit later on in that game, make things interesting. But that's what's the most frustrating about the Broncos 2020 season. I mean, all the circumstances concerned, the injuries, just the the missed opportunities, the poor execution on offense at times, some of the defensive errors, all that accumulated into what was the 2020 season for Denver. However, I don't think that they're as far off as a lot of people think that they are. A lot of people think that they've got like this five-year discrepancy behind everybody else in the AFC West. I simply don't agree. I think Denver's closer than most people will give them credit. Now, what they do this offseason is going to be a big determining factor as to whether or not they prove me right or they separate themselves and take themselves away from maybe being what I think that they can be. So Broncos country, I'm eager for your thoughts on the subject matter. Be sure to shoot me a text 303-529-6323 or on Twitter at Cody NFL. Look forward to hearing from you here. Want to know what you think about what we just talked about. Are the Broncos really that far off in comparison to where a lot of people think? I want to know from you. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our interview with Ross Jackson. He's the host of Locked On Saints. He's my co-host, Locked On NFL. 
NFL Sunday. We're going to be talking about the Senior Bowl. We're also going to throw a little bit of a hypothetical out there about the Saints salary cap situation and maybe how the Broncos could take a little bit of pressure off the Saints by maybe acquiring one of their key players on the defensive side of the ball. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our good friends over there, TurboTax and Built Bar. And with TurboTax, you're one of a kind and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you and learn about your unique tax situation and help you get the best tax outcome. I just utilized TurboTax Live earlier this week. I was able to hop onto a video chat with a tax expert who saw my screen, who walked me through some of the most important questions that I had. And maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and maybe you have questions about what qualifies as a deduction for your business. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe because they can do it all for you as well if that's what you would like. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that you're one of a kind uniquely you taxes are done right into it turbo tax live and our good friends over there at built bar folks and ladies and you guys hear me talk about it every single day every single week i love built bar and the listeners of lockdown broncos love it as well i've had so many listeners of the show tell me how much they love built bar that they've went to builtbar.com and they've purchased themselves a box of built bar and they've used promo code lockdown to get 20 percent off well folks guess what you can get your hands on a box of built bar as well because it is the best tasting protein bar that's out there on the market and the new and improved built bar is even more delicious than ever before that features 18 amazing flavors folks some of the six new flavors they just released caramel brownie cookies and cream and heck even lemon almond cheesecake folks or if you like some of the old original flavors peanut butter brownie salted caramel double chocolate toffee almond the choices are endless and the bars they're covered in 100 chocolate and they taste just like a candy bar and they're soft and they're easy to chew i'm a healthy person folks but the one thing i love about built bar the most is that They are healthy, and they're great for those who are health conscious like myself. It helps me lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat because chocolate is sometimes super hard to say no to, but Built Bar makes it easy, folks, because the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. They're great for any kind of diet that you may be on, and you can get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Ladies and gentlemen, very excited to be joined by one of my good friends, folks. I tell you what, I've been uh, very blessed to work alongside this gentleman all season long for the Locked On NFL Sunday pregame show. All football talk, no fluff. Remember, we are back for the Super Bowl next Sunday, folks. It's going to be a massive big time show. I'm joined by Ross Jackson, host of the Locked On Saints podcast. He's also our channel coordinator here for the Locked On NFL Network, and he's going to be talking with me here today and you, the listeners of the show, about the senior because Ross is down there in Mobile, Alabama. Ross, my man, blessed as always to talk with you, my friend. I feel like we see each other all the time, but it's always great when we're actually on a podcast together even further, man. How you doing? Yeah, man, absolutely. No, I'm great. I appreciate you so much for having me on. It's good to come over here and join Lockdown Broncos again. I know we get to do the crossovers every now and then, but you're right, man. Like we do, we talk all the time, but it's always good to be able to come and uh, lay something down on the track for sure. Well, you, you know, there's a little bit of an advantage I say you have this week. Obviously, I didn't go to the Senior Bowl this year. You're down there, boots on the ground. It's been different, though, this year, Ross, mm-hmm. because 
in comparison to years where we didn't have the pandemic, you used to be able to go up and, and walk up to players. It used to be like a media day. You can walk up to players, get to know them that way. But unfortunately, now it's just all through a phone call. Like you have to register to get a phone call from you know certain players. And that's if they get back to you. Right. So what has that whole experience been like this year in Mobile for you? And, and obviously, I think for everybody else part of the network, how's it been trying to get to know these players by just watching them in practice? Yeah, man, it's been it's been very different uh, with all of that. But it just it, it also like the changes that you see here reflected in the senior bowl are marginal in comparison to the changes that we're going to see upcoming to like the combine, for instance. So this is really the premier scouting event this offseason for the NFL, because this is the only time that you're really seeing live action between these players as opposed to, you know, you, you'll get some pro days. They're going to try to make the pro days as official as possible and everything. But, you know, it's not the same situation. So, you know, the combine is usually there just as much for the the conversations between the franchises and the deals to get done just as much as it is for actually scouting the players out there. So this becomes that time to where those conversations are happening as well as uh, opportunities to see these players and opportunities for these players to be able to introduce themselves to these franchises in person as they're getting these uh, meetings. Well, and one thing I too, I'd say there's a little bit of an advantage. I mean, obviously we get access to the practice film, but the NFL Network, ESPNU, they've been actually airing practice Mm-hmm. as they've gone so i've been watching seven on seven i've been watching nine versus seven i've been watching the team drills and we've gotten to look at you know quite a few players now a lot of these players for the most part i mean outside of guys like Najee harris and even Devonte smith who's not doing anything at the senior bowl we're seeing some guys who could potentially be late first round picks early second round guys that are maybe on the bubble that not a lot of people know about that have a chance to boost their draft stock who has been a player i mean i I can start with position group. Let's start off with quarterback because Denver and potentially the Saints, my friend, Mm -hmm. they are in need of a quarterback potentially. So which quarterbacks at the senior bowl have stood out so far this week? Yeah, so two quarterbacks that I've really enjoyed watching over these last few days have been Alabama quarterback Mac Jones as well as Wake Forest slash Georgia quarterback Jamie Newman. Uh, Remember, he transferred to Georgia but then opted out of the season, so he never actually got to play for Georgia. So he's here with a Wake Forest helmet on and performing. He really was like when he jumped out, Jamie Newman, he really felt like he was going to be senior bowl QB one the first day. And he certainly was the first day. Just arm talent was unmatched from anybody else that was out there and around. And so a lot lot of the opportunity that these guys have been given here recently uh, really comes down to what he's been able to take advantage of in comparison to some of these other players. Mac Jones actually struggled during that first game and then eventually or during the first practice rather and then eventually got into rhythm over the the second two days, the Wednesday and the Thursday and looked really, really good. And I got to talk to both of them today uh, during or during a little bit of a post-practice interview that we got to do and both of them feel like they you know have done good things out on the field and I would certainly say that they have as well. Mac Jones did have a little bit of an ankle injury during the game, but they taped or during the practice, but they taped it up and he seemed to be walking fine. So I don't think anything that will hurt his stock happen. Both of those guys really put their best foot forward this week. And Ross, now throwing it to the defensive side of the ball is equally as important. There's a lot of needs that a lot of these teams, even the Saints and the Broncos that they have. And and there's been some chatter. Look at the safety group. There's a guy that I really like personally for the Broncos. That's DeMar Hamlin, safety out of pit. Uh, you know, is there anything you could tell me about him? And, and outside 
outside of that, who else has stood out to you this week on the defensive side of the ball at Senior Bowl practice? Yeah, absolutely. I got to tell you, man, we talked to uh, Pitt head coach here as well, and uh, he spoke really, really highly of DeMar Hamlin's character and uh, leadership ability. So I want to put that on your radar since I know you like him. But uh, a couple of other safeties that really stood out, Homsen to Zero Dean, who's going to be everybody's favorite positionless player this year. He's basically the Jeremy Chin this season, uh, and he had he played a really, really good couple of practices here throughout the week. Another guy that I'll throw out there, too, that maybe isn't getting enough shine is Richie Grant, the safety out of UCF. He had a great interception during Thursday's practice and has also made a couple of different plays all throughout uh, the three days of practice, so it's not just about one big splash play. You know what I mean? He's been pretty consistent. And then one other safety out there, out there is a little bit of a safety linebacker hybrid. It's Jacoby Stevens out of LSU. He probably put down the play of the day on Thursday with an interception just about six yards separated from the quarterback. Right as the quarterback released, he got up off his feet and just picked it right out of the air and pretty much brought it back for what would have been a touchdown in those seven on seven. So uh, really, really good showing from a lot of good safeties out here. Oh, and there's also a name that uh, my guy Ryan Edwards threw out there. Baron Browning was somebody yeah. that apparently has been stood out. You know, what is what stood out about him in a sense so far, you know, that maybe kind of separates him from some of the other players out there? Yeah, I, I, Baron Browning, I feel like, is going to be one of those best-kept secrets. Like, I, I hardly even want to talk about him because I want him to end up in New Orleans. But he's, <laughs> such a, he's such a talented off-ball linebacker, but is also really good in run support as well. Really good uh, diagnosis and strike ability, right? Not a lot of processing time or anything like that, but he's not reckless. He doesn't tend to over-pursue. He's very precise in the way. It's almost like a quarterback out there playing that, that linebacker game, and not just from the sense of making calls, but from his precision and anticipation. Uh, a couple of little things that maybe stand out about him a little bit is that even though he's a little bit more prototypical, six foot three, 240, 230 pounds, he still tends to get a little, like if he, if, if any blocker makes contact with him, he essentially gets taken out of the play. So there's going to be a little bit of work with him about second and third efforts in motor. But outside of that, what he does in coverage has really stood out here at the senior bowl for sure. And I think will continue to stand out and be his calling card into the next level. And before we get into our conversation, we continue on with Ross Jackson. We're going to ask about the quarterback situation and a potential Broncos Marshawn Lattimore pairing. I'm going to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode of The Trill. That's our good friends over there at betonline.ag, folks. And you have the betting odds there now out as to where Deshaun Watson will be traded to, where Matthew Stafford will be traded to, and the big Super Bowl matchup next week between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. And you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action at betonline.ag and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And, you know, one thing I'm excited about, Ross, is that when we come into the NFL draft process, which we haven't even got the free agency yet, but right. I mean, the draft profiles are starting to be put together. But the thing that kind of stands out to me is that a, a lot of people analyze these players' weaknesses as if they cannot improve. And so that's always one thing I always want to throw to fans. Like, even though certain players have weaknesses, that's what coaching and environment is right. all about. I really believe that whatever environment a player comes into, that's going to be just as important as being coached. And I think Matt Rule and Brian Flores, those are some two pretty good coaches that, 
I mean, Ev, honestly, you can see the the eyes, the the fire in some of the players' eyes this week when they're talking to their players. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that you love to see. Uh, but now, Ross, let's flip the script to some NFL talk here. Now, this is something I threw out here on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I re- and I know you listened to the podcast because you saw Marshawn Lattimore's name. You're like, hey. What is he talking about? <laughs> uh, but obviously, you know, we, I floated out the idea that the Saints, they have some cap, you know, a projected cap, you know, uh, it, you know, what, what's the right word? Uh, icebergs coming yeah. their way. Yeah, and definitely. they have the chance to, right? It's the Titanic. They have a chance to maneuver. You're going to hit the iceberg or you're going to avoid it altogether. Something I think that the Titanic wish they knew years back. But right. the thought process I'm going to have here with you. Okay, the Broncos, they're in need of a true legitimate cornerback one. And Marshawn Lattimore is that for the New Orleans Saints. He's got one year left on his deal. So that's why I thought it would be a little bit of an appealing topic for you know the Broncos now under George Payton, who spent all that time in Minnesota, has been able to watch a team like New Orleans maybe make a little bit of a push to give Bronco, either the Broncos some help in that secondary. Because if Marshawn Lattimore comes in, Denver's defense automatically takes a significant boost up. I think it makes them, you know, you know, at least a favorite to win one or two more games. Now, you have your own thoughts on the cap situation and Marshawn Lattimore, and I want you to lay it all out on Broncos fans. Are you going to let them down slowly or are you going to get their hopes up? So let me let me uh, let them down slowly and then rebuild, because the the fact of the matter is that when it comes down to the cap situation and so many people are probably going to laugh when I say this, because this is a team that is projected to be somewhere between ninety five to a hundred million dollars over the salary cap. It is wildly manageable despite that number. And when I say wildly manageable, I mean that if Drew Brees retires and they push his retirement from being official until June 1st or post June 1st, then all of a sudden a quarter of that overage goes away just the retirement of Drew Brees, the $25 million at that point. They have several different restructure candidates, several different extension candidates that also drop all of that down that are 10, 15 or 10, I would say maybe not, not necessarily 15, but like 10, $12 million at a time as well as six to eight million dollars which is still very very helpful the situation around marshall Lattimore is this is is also the situation out of fellow 2017 draft pick uh ryan ramchick who the both of them are on their fifth year options as first year as first year guys or excuse me first round picks and so if the saints are able to get them both to restructure their deals or rather extend their deals a year early then they're going to be in good shape because by extending them the combination of them, they'll save around $10 million against next year's cap with them combined. So it actually saves money to keep them around. So the Saints are not in a position to where they have to you know, uh, fire sale these guys or get them out of the building or that if they don't, then all of a sudden they can't afford X, Y, and Z. It's just as financially beneficial for them to extend them as it is for them to release or trade either of them, particularly, of course, Marshall Lattimore, who is drafted within that top 11 spot there. Now, if Marshall Lattimore does not want to renew his contract or extend his contract while he still has a year left to play on, if he doesn't want to do it early, then that's where the conversation of a trade could happen. Because let's say that he and his agent feel like, hey, the performance that he played in 2020 isn't enough to get him the money that he absolutely needs, or they just feel like he could play even better 
on that fifth year option, then they might want to play out the final year of his deal. And if it's if that's the case, that's where it makes it a little bit tougher for the Saints. They may have their hand forced a little bit because either they do that and run the risk of not being able to afford to resign him next year. Because again, we don't know what the COVID situation is going to be with fan attendance in 2021. So we don't know what the 2022 salary cap is going to look like. So if the Saints are in that position, then they may need to trade him because Otherwise, if they can't afford to resign him after the 2021 season, the best that they're going to get is a third round pick the next year if he signs elsewhere, a compensatory pick, which also is only possible. It's not guaranteed. And so in that case, it would make sense for the Saints to then trade Marshawn Lattimore. So there's a reality in which it happens, but trading Marshawn Lattimore is not the only avenue that the Saints have to take. Well, and speaking of avenues, and I think Broncos fans will relate with this very well. Drew Brees probably going to retire a Hall of Fame quarterback for that matter. Broncos fans have experienced what it's like, how hard and how difficult it is to replace a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame quarterback. I mean, Ross, you, you know this as well. Coming into the season, it was quarterback carousel once again. We saw the graphic when Drew Locke was hurt. We saw it. You saw it as well, the quarterback carousel, especially with Kendall Hinton. Uh, the one thing I want to throw at you, you know, how, how do you feel right now about the Saints and their potential chances? How do they replace a guy like Drew Brees. You know, you watched enough of Taysom Hill this year. Do you feel like he's the guy or do you feel like they really have to invest and maybe make it a strong push for some quarterback that could be available via trade or free agency? Yeah, so I think that the Saints might be very intent upon bringing back Jameis Winston. And if that is the case, then it's no longer necessarily about replacing Drew Brees. It's just about evolving the system because the system changes when you go from a guy like Drew Brees to a guy like Jameis Winston, right? There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, Sean Payton appeared on the Huddle and Flow podcast, which is hosted by two great guys, Steve Weiss and Jim Trotter. And he talked about how Jameis Winston specifically uh, specifically decided to go to New Orleans on his contract with the knowledge that if Drew Brees returned, uh, excuse me, that if Drew Brees retired, that that would then be his opportunity to fight for a starting role. So it sounds like Jameis Winston signed with the Saints with the intent of returning for a second year after playing out a one-year deal to help the Saints out salary cap-wise. The Saints still very much refer to Jameis Winston as if he's on their roster, even though he's not. He's technically not on contract. It's only Taysom Hill at the moment. Uh, And they're not intent at all on entering a rebuilding mode. Everything about their intent and the way that they speak is very much about still remaining competitors next season. So for me, that very much points to Jameis Winston, although Jameis Winston won't be their only option. Well, I think that the similarities are very similar. I mean, you look at a Hall of Fame quarterback leaving, you look at a very damn good defense. The Broncos had that. So I think the adjustment, as you mentioned, I I don't think Denver was prepared to evolve with life after Peyton Manning as they could potentially evolve now with Jameis Winston in New Orleans. So obviously that's going to be something we're looking forward to. And uh, Ross, I always appreciate your time. I mean, thank you so much for your insight on the senior bowl. And, and look, man, you and I got a special bond. You're my brother for life. I love you, man. And uh, I look forward to doing our show this next Sunday when the Super Bowl happens. It's the Locked On NFL Sunday pregame show, folks. It is going to be spectacular. You don't have to spend your Super Bowl day watching any concerts, any fluff. We're actually talking football. We're breaking down the film. We're bringing on some amazing guests, and it's going to be massive. Ross, you are the GOAT, man. Hey, man, just trying to live up to you, my brother. Just trying to live up to you, man. Much love to you. Much love to all the Broncos listeners as well. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely always a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to Sunday.